Hello and welcome to Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their view and history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all answer the question, who has better taste? Uh, episode 121 today, everybody. I'm Sam Blakely, as always, and I'm, as always, joined by Hugh Dempsey. Hi, Hugh. Hello. In, in, Hi, a, in, in a word, how are you? Content. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, listen, that's the gay banter uh, over and done with between me and Hugh because we've got the third in a series of guest requests. We've got the wonderful Sarah from uh, Pop, Pop, Popcorn Chat, a proper YouTuber and everything. Uh, Nailed it, that. Sam. <laughs> Nailed it first time. Sarah, welcome to Please Watch This. Hello, thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Th- yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing. So I, I first um, found Sarah on Twitter because you, that was a great skit that you did the um, the scary movie scream uh, skit, <laughs> which I thought was wonderful. I don't know if you want to recount it for us. Or if, is it better if I give a summary? Um, um, yeah. yeah. So I watched um, the the Scream Five or however you want to pronounce it earlier this year, <laughs> and um, I was really excited for that film. And um, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my review, but I want to do something a little bit different. Got try and make my intros really interesting <laughs> uh, and I filmed it and I thought I need to clip this and put it on Twitter it was great uh, and it kind of got a little bit of a buzz going um got quite a few views on Twitter so I, I think that, that must have been I'll have to, I'll have yeah. to watch it it's, it's wonderful I mean so Sarah where can they where can they find you on the socials we'll give, we'll give plenty of plugs to your things uh, where can they find you on YouTube it's popcorn chat uh, on Instagram as well and Twitter it's Sarah's popcorn chat or s popcorn chat Fantastic. either way you'll find me yeah, and that's from I think probably a few weeks ago. I would have thought. So, uh, which popcorn yeah. is the best popcorn? Then is it salty, Ooh. sweet? That's why we brought you yeah. on because this is Coffee. a popcorn episode. The big, the big questions. That's yeah, why you brought questions. me on. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Personally, I ch- I like salted and sweet. That is my favourite. She's a maniac, Hugh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Maybe that's why she does a whole podcast about. Popcorn. Well, yeah, it makes, biased, it makes yeah. sense now, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Not toffee? I mean, isn't toffee? I don't, I, I don't mind toffee. I think yeah. for me, I, I think salted maybe yeah. might, might just beat sweet, but I like them all, <laughs> but not together. No, that was madness. Madness. Yeah, madness. I was working at Showcase Cinemas when they were trialling a chocolate one and it was oh. a huge failure, but um, we had lots, lots left over that nobody bought. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, it's all like, so it's like movies and things like that, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's talking, popcorn. <laughs> yeah, I did do a video tasting different popcorn though. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, all Pop- pretty manners of cheese and chocolate and everything it was all there yeah. Ooh, cheese. I could see cheese being better than you expect but still being a bit weird some of it worked some of it was really strong cheese and there was some really mm. sort of um, I think it was almost like a cheesecake one and that kind of worked so wow. it's a, it's American, a very American thing to go with your popcorn and get like that horrible um, sort of melted nacho plastic cheese uh, mm. just poured over the top of it um, but I'm interested now uh, but aside from that yeah you, you talk about <laughs> films and, and things like that so I'm going to I'm going to surprise you with a question now Sarah you've got to tell me in order what are your five favourite films of all time Wow. Okay, you didn't prepare me for this. No, um, no we never that's do. The idea. We never do. We never do. Yeah, we want it from okay. the heart. In order, from five to one. Yeah, yeah. For t- for the tension. For the tension. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Number five, I'd probably say her. Ooh, interesting. Starring Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that film. I think that was had a lot to say. I think it's, a, it's quite a modern film, but I really enjoyed that film. I've not seen it. I'd like to see it. Actually, it looked good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Not much happens, but it's good. Favorite, favorite kind of film. Yeah, I love it. 
Yeah, <laughs> Sam loves those kind of films. <laughs> I don't mind them. Depends if as long as they're good. But yeah, so what's what did you like so much about it? Um, I think it just says a lot about humanity. It's kind of got this futuristic feel to it, um, mm. and I kind of like it's very much one character on set just talking to themselves, you know, but talking to sort of a AI system, which is quite scary. Thinking what world we're sort of headed into, yeah. um, and you can sort of Scarlett Johansson, isn't it, who does the? Although uh, not originally, the I think wasn't the wasn't the original voice actor just sort of without her knowing removed from the film. Yeah, really? they brought Scarlett Johansson in afterwards, so the other <laughs> actress filmed it on set, did all oh, the voice nice. recordings, and then they swapped her out. But did she get paid? Brutal. That's the question. She got paid. <laughs> I hope then. so. But then it's the profile, isn't it, that exactly. she probably would have got from being in a film with Joaquin Phoenix? But mm. and voiceover work is, is very harsh. lucrative. That that is a that is yeah terrible. Uh, number four. That's like um, just before you move oh, on. Like, but that's like um, with Darth Vader. Uh, yeah, with David Prowse. Yeah, when he got. Um, he got replaced by James. Earl he Jones, was incredibly naff there. Then what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fairly good. Well, because he has like a proper <laughs> thingy voice, isn't he? Like, um, is it a, like is it Cornish? The, yeah, or something country, like that. West yeah. West Country. Like, Not as Where are the rebels? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to blow Polder on. <laughs> I will not have this on my ship. <laughs> Use the force, Luke. <laughs> Obi Wan never told you your father was. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Sarah, number, number four. Number yeah. four. Uh, number four, we, I would... We stole pro- there to give you plenty of time. Yeah, I, I was thinking <laughs> in that time. Um, number four, I would probably say is Birdman. Again, oh, quite a recent oh, film. Yeah. A modern film. Um, mainly for the way in which it was shot. I really enjoyed mm. it for that yeah. and the practicality of it all. I really enjoyed that. What, the way they... So what, what did... What's, I, I know that it's, it's very well regarded for the way it was shot but as somebody who's a bit of a layman when it comes to actual shot making what what did they do that was so spectacular if I, you if you can remember i think because it's it's well it's deemed one take it's it's very much not one take um oh, is it one of those a bit like yeah. 1917 yes you can see like clear cuts but i think i like the sort of the character of this sort of has been sort of mm. superhero character uh, it's Michael yeah. Keaton great casting yeah it's like the best perfect casting wasn't it, it yeah literally couldn't I mean, have been anyone else could it have let's face it it's perfect for his sort of Batman history it definitely works yeah. there um, and it's kind of set around a theatre and I like the way they sort of move around sort of behind the scenes and on stage and there's sort of tension between the characters and the, I, I, and the I, constant I, drumming isn't there that just this great energy oh, to it yeah. I need to rewatch it actually I watched it in a double feature with uh, Whiplash and Ooh, my, 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 yeah. my lasting memory was how, how much I loved Whiplash so I've kind of mm. underestimated Birdman as a result just in comparison really. I mean from what I see from what I've seen is Edward Norton just basically plays himself as well which, <laughs> which must, must, mustn't have been much of a stretch for him because um, I hear he can be a bit of a bit of a drama maker uh, yeah so number three then Sarah what's what's opposite what's what's sits at the third step of you what's on your podium what's you know what's what's getting the bronze medal um I think third film I'd have to say is uh Thelma and Louise um, oh, great choice. Again, another film I've not seen, but I've heard. Have you not? I'll, I'll add, that, I'll add to, no. that to your list right now, Hugh. Add it to the list. Yeah, it's one that I came to quite late. Uh, I think I watched mm. it during a university module. Um, mm. But I really, I just, I was so amazed at this. Like these two like amazing actresses, a young Brad Pitt. And I just mm. thought the story was so sort of, you know, relevant, you know, even today's standards mm. and stuff. Oh, yeah. But To be fair, Brad Pitt was probably still about 35 when he made it. <laughs> 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 he was, wasn't he like 30? 
38 or 39 when you made Fight Club or something. So, <laughs> yeah. like, and he's like, he looks about Ripped. 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's like washboard abs. And so he would, I think he was like, yeah, I think he was like 40 when he made like Troy and stuff like Coward. that. And he was playing Achilles. I think Eric Banner's younger than him in that film. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I'd have to double check, but, you know, Eric Banner looks a bit rough and ready and, you know, as the two opposing characters. So, yeah, so, yeah, filming Louise, that's, you know, it's this famous feminist film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of the Who directed it? I can't remember. Ridley Scott. Is it Ridley Scott? Oh, it Ridley Scott? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Who seems he- to make very sort of amazing films or very uh yeah oh it's so up and down he's just the the thing i I always think with ridley scott is he's so um his output's just monumental he just keeps making films he's still you know two films out that's it and and he's always got he's one of those directors where like wait he did that one as well like with Elmer and louise you know that uh, spielberg's a little bit like that as well when you you remember it's Mm. like oh he made minority report i forgot that was him you know or whatever uh, he, he, he does a lot in different dramas, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, sorry, different genres. Dramas, different genres. I think the only thing I could be wrong here because yeah, like I think is Alien. No, because he's done like Blade Runner, Alien. That's sci-fi. He's done like gritty spy dramas in Body. Is it yeah. uh, Body of Lies or something like that with Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe? Last Duel, which is very different. Too. Yeah, he made. <laughs> Like a rom com with um, a good year with Russell Crowe, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, not a great film, but like as you said, Sarah, not a great film, but Very you know, history. he's he's willing to do. I, I always like that when directors are willing to try different genres. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think with um, the, with Ro- uh, Rob Reiner, you know, that, to do um, Princess Bride, Stand by Me, Misery. Uh, sort Rob of Reiner do, um, <laughs> and, do and Stand Spinal by Tap. Me. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't yeah. know he did uh, Stand by Me. He had such but, a room. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, so that's a great choice. I've obviously I've not seen it, but I hear it's a great film, and it's one I'm looking forward to watching in the future. Uh, number two, uh, number two, I'd probably say is Train Spotting. Oh, it's uh, a great film. Great yeah. Just I saw it at sort of very sort of formative years, and yeah. it sort of always stuck with me. Um, and I think it still sort of holds up nowadays, like the sort mm. of the camera techniques that Danny Boyle does in it. The um, film's so surreal, isn't it? At yeah. times, very dreamlike. Mm-hmm. Kicks you right in the face, you, doesn't it? What do you yeah, think of the sequel? Poor. I really hated <laughs> oh, really? it. <laughs> I really liked it. Quite, I wow. quite liked it. It's really it was... divides opinion. Though. I know some people who are like that was as good as the first one, and then others who yeah disagree. <laughs> I, I do you feel like it. they just left it too long? I think it was if it had been maybe ten years, I think that would have been better than. I, I mean, and the 15. fact that they're all still alive, I think, is, is <laughs> yeah, perhaps a plot hole. <laughs> Not realistic, <laughs> is it? <laughs> no. All these heroin addicts who got got better. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, that one guy dies in the in the first film, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, and he was the clean one, so. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, you know it can happen. I mean, hell, look at all the uh, rock stars who were all on the gear back in the eight seventies and eighties, and because it was such like pure heroin, it wasn't filled with loads of muck. They all just they're fine. <laughs> Still <laughs> like, going, the, yeah. yeah. Like Slash, when you learn how much um, heroin he took, you're mm. like, how is that man alive? You know, he's like yeah. a he's like a pincushion. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so train spotting. This um, is the big yeah. one, then. number one. I sound, I'm going to sound like such a film bro with this answer, but um, for me it would be Fight Club. I think it's oh, one really? that oh, I just I can wow. go back to it again and again. Yeah. Um, I, it's got a bit of reputation of like oh you know 
that sort of what's your favourite film sort of yeah. thing. But I generally love it. Like I love David Finch as a director. He's I think he's one of my favourites. But um, yeah. I think it's just it says a lot when you sort of really look, take it apart. It says a lot about you know masculinity, you know terrorism. There's all this kind of different yeah. genres and themes going <laughs> and, on. Here. And you can watch it at fourteen and really like the idea of making your own fight club and making your own project, what's it called, Project Mayhem, and then yeah. you watch yeah. it again when you're a bit older and go, oh, I see, I'm not supposed to like these guys or like want to emulate these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Grateful. it. It's been about ten years yeah. since I watched it. I might have to, I might have to give it another watch. Sam it's, bought it's me the, um, the graphic novel, didn't you, Sam, for, um, oh, did I? for Christmas. Yeah, I've still not had a chance to read it, actually, but I will. It's in my bookshelf. My bookshelf not the graphic novel, the books. novel. No, sorry, yeah, you're right, the novel. I was going to say, I don't remember yeah. being a graphic novel. Is there yeah. a graphic novel? I, I don't think it was a graphic so. novel. Like, no. Yeah, uh, but I've, um, it, I've read that. Oh, no, and they I've... made a Fight Club 2, that was a graphic novel. Ah, okay, yeah. I remember yeah. reading that and thinking, I'm so glad I watched the film before I read this, because this is it's so hard to follow uh, without having that picture mm. in your head of, uh, of what happens in the, in the no, film it itself. Is, it is... It is a very, very good film. Well, that's, that's watched, a great um, list, sir. You, you have the Thank respect you. of uh, certainly us two and presumably all the listeners we, now. Uh, we understand uh, your film soul now, Sarah. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the idea of it. I do have one other question now. To get so, to the, know you a bit better. so the listener has a more balanced view. Sarah, you know, none of us are perfect. This is a judgment free zone. What are the classic <laughs> films? Give me, you know, three, of, three to five. What are the big films that if you were hosting this show, you would have to cover? Oh, gosh, there's a lot of films that I've not seen, which I think, you know, this is why I sort of really enjoy your podcast, because I feel like I'm not alone (laughs) in that boat. Um, One that comes up a lot that I've not seen is um, Save It Private Ryan. I've still not worked Save it, Private Ryan. Is that when he's at like an office job? He's like, quick, Private Ryan, save it. Oh my God, the Germans are coming. Quick, where's my USB stick? It is a, it is a brilliant film. I know, I know she's a big fan of it as well, aren't you? Yes, I do. I do like that film. Um, yeah, it's just it's just well made, isn't it? We we t- me and Sam often we talk about character a lot, and there's they give they give the little group in that film they give them a lot of character. Mm. Great and, casting uh, as well. Again, you see, you see yeah. oh god, I forgot that Vin Diesel and Ted Danson was in this, and um, yeah. Eddie from Friends. Yeah. I forget the actor's name. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and, Vin Diesel got it because he made a video about how hard it was to become an actor, and Spielberg saw it and decided to cast him as. Right? Uh, the character in Seven Prime. A very different Vin Diesel to the one we've got now, I think. Well, there's this whole there's this whole <laughs> thing about Vin Diesel, isn't there? Apparently, that he's a bit he's a massive nerd, right? <laughs> right. And that the guy that we see in like all these like press interviews and you know all these like sort of Fast and Furious stuff, he's like that guy is not the guy you really who really is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, when he, he's been because he was arguing with the Rock, wasn't he, on the set of. Um, I think Vin Diesel was trying to get The Rock to act better. I think right. was the, was the uh, and they and because they're both quite, you know, they're both big egos. Um, they clashed apparently, and they're still. They apparently they made up, but then have kind of fallen out. There again. have been some quite public, that, yeah, uh, yeah, tweets and Instagrams and, and the like, which. Which is quite funny because when you think about it, ultimately, I would be like, you know, probably Vin Diesel's right in that situation. You know, The Rock isn't wasn't an actor. He wasn't a trained actor. Mm. He was just a guy who threw people around for a living for a few years. <laughs> But um, pretended to do it, so it was kind of you know that's a big part of the job. And that's yes, how I'm keen, to, I'm keen yeah. to get some some. Uh, maybe, does maybe does Vin Diesel more. know how to sell? Sam? <laughs> no, he can't. <laughs> that's the real question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Go on. Sam, you were going to say any other films? Yeah, any other. There, Basically, I want the listeners, as I say, to have a balanced view rather than all this love for the great film choices you've made. But I want them to to really really know you. 
Um, I think another one that I've not seen that a, a lot of love is Scarface as well. Um, See, I never have. I never have either because I, I do worry I about the brownness of it. I had it on DVD and I, I bought it before I'd seen it, and I can't. It's not a film I love. I think it's got. It is that sort of you know. I think it's the you know a bit like Peaky Blinders now. It's like yeah. all the lads back when we were growing up. It was yeah. like, oh, you've got to see Scarface. Yeah. And I watched it, and it's a fucking violent film. <laughs> but it's it's a bit like what's other than you know this like the idea of you know if if you do violence eventually violence will come back on you attitude there's not not a great deal behind the film other than its aesthetics and it's I don't know it's, I've not watched it in a long time I've seen it a couple of times maybe three times and um, and I always get a bit bored about halfway through it's very long it's one, just, isn't it? yeah it's just the character's got no he's got no real depth to him other than he just wants to be the, the crime lord yeah. that's all he's, he wants to he wants to make a living and the only way he can do it is by being a big crime boss and well, yeah, I'm all for relatable characters. Down. That's basically my my arc. <laughs> yeah, that's why you have a cocaine empire. Is Absolutely. it? So? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm working my way up to it. I'm working my way up to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sarah, if you hear any I've, knocks on the door. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel we've got a, a good idea than the sort of film view you are, Sarah. And you, you were the one who made the recommendation for today. As I say, got in touch on Twitter and basically said we'd love you to talk. We'd love for you to talk about a film that you really love to talk about and or maybe have a lot to say about it uh, and so you decided you chose Prisoners for us we've done a couple of Denny Villeneuve films uh, for the show we did uh, Sicario we did uh, Arrival Arrival Blade Runner 2049 right, Blade Runner 2049 yes yeah, so this might be our fourth or potentially fifth uh, Denny film um I think I don't even know, but yeah, I think me and Hugh Arrival, haven't seen it before. Let's. Runner, I'll give a little. I'll give a little Chicago, synopsis yeah. of it. Uh, so it's um, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jacked Man. Uh, a, um, he's his daughter and his and Terence Howard's daughter um, are abducted. Six-year-old girls, and it is. Oh, we're going to spoil it. By the way, we we spoil films right from start to finish, listeners. So if you haven't seen Prisoners, it's on Netflix. Uh, go watch it first. Um, and it's essentially. Uh, it, Working with and sometimes against the uh, the sort of uh, very complicated detective uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal to to find their daughters. I think that's all going to with the synopsis. If you've seen it, you, you know you know the film Prisoners. So as I said, me and Hugh hadn't seen it before, so we're going to stick to the format we we began last week with Alien Three with the wonderful Gareth Jones, where Sarah's now going to tell us all the things she loves about Prisoners, and then after the break we'll find out what me and Hugh thought of it. So, Sarah, take it away. What do you love Just, about Prisoners? Why did you choose it? But, but, but Sam, we always ask, obviously, how did you, what, how did you come, how did you first see Prisoners? What, how did you watch it at the cinema? Did you see it on DVD? Did you, did you, were you, were you looking forward to it coming out? I don't, what was your relationship with it before, um, you know, before you go into why you love it? If that's all right, please, Sarah. Yes. Yeah, so, um, the, it sounds very uh, obsessive, but the reason that I got into this film is because I'm a massive Jake Gyllenhaal fan and I was kind of working <laughs> through his filmography and this one came up. Um, so I, 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 did, I did see a tweet today actually about Jake Gyllenhaal, a <laughs> 25 year old, so it gave me some hope. He's a handsome man, isn't he? Let's yeah. face it. Yeah, he looks, he looks very good in this film. Um, but yes, yeah, so it, I was kind of working back through his filmography um, and this sort of one came up and I think I saw it maybe a year after it came out and um, I bought it on DVD, wanted to check it out and I sort of was just captivated by it instantly. Um, I was yeah, I was 
in my first year of uni so I was very much like trying to see as much film as I can and trying to have a different perspective on it and I think that's sort of when I really sort of took on like film analysis as a proper you know took it seriously um and I think this was my first introduction to Denis Villeneuve mm. so um it was a really strong entry yeah from him <laughs> well especially yeah how, how much you love it so did you go in analyzing it or was it just that you it was part of that trying to watch as many films as you like I think I was I was drawn in by obviously the actors like it's such a great cast I mm. was like on the front cover you see Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman it's like okay yeah I'm sold and then it's a terrible go- poster though isn't it to like to it isn't communicate the best anything poster, about this it? film I, I really that's what put me off I think so I was like I don't know what this is about <laughs> yeah 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 that yeah it keeps it very sort of broad doesn't it mm. um, when you're going into it. Um, but I think, yeah, as I, as I was getting into it, I was like, okay, this film is a bit heavier than I thought it was going to be. Didn't really know what it was about. And um, yeah, I just, I think as I was watching it, I was like, okay, there's layers to this and then sort of started looking up. And it's one of those films that I felt myself after watching it, having to go look up what did that mean, you know? Mm, and I quite yeah. enjoy that. I quite looking up what did that symbol mean? Why did it end that way? What does that imply? Um, and that was yeah. one of the, those films, um, sort of very much like Fight Club. I was like, what did I just watch? I need to go and sort of <laughs> read about it and watch video essays on it. And that's sort of where it fell. Well, IMDb used to have uh, like discussion boards and chat sort of forums <laughs> and, and in films. And it was, yeah, you, you always... It, it, I always loved watching a film that I then wanted to go straight to the MDB chat and uh, see what people people see what people's theories were about it. Um, Didn't they close that down because it was so toxic? I think that was the problem. <laughs> I did I did a lot of damage. I, I used to listen to a podcast where a guy. <laughs> I used to listen to a podcast where a guy used to go in and troll people on IMDb oh, yeah. um, chat boards. Yeah, wow. uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was you a know, few if, years. If you ago can't now, be the solution, but it's still be the problem. So you know, funny. That's, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Sarah. What else did you love about the film? Any any specifics? Um, I think I think they one of my th- favorite things about this film is the casting, like and the performances mm. from that casting. Um, um, like I said, Jake Gyllenhaal, Hugh Jackman, Viola Davis, like this many other actors in this that are just amazing. And the way that the film is, it allows those actors to sort of perform. Um, everyone gets their chance to sort of really show range, and I like that. Um, in this film, you know, whether it's literal rage, uh, sort of a sadness, you know, those sort of quiet moments, it's everyone sort of steps up, I think, in this film. There is a lot of controlled rage in this film, isn't there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Whenever, if, you, if you ever go to YouTube and type in, like, you know, best performance compilations, it's it's always women crying and men shouting, and that's, like, yeah. that's their best <laughs> acting. But, but it probably is quite hard to do, um, you know, that controlled rage. Uh, speaking of Viola Davis, actually, I was really worried that they were going to completely waste her in this film until she has a pivotal role to play later on. I, I thought this could be any person doing this role, there's not mm. much to it. And then, yeah, she does actually get something to do uh, and show off her Viola Davisness. Uh, <laughs> Viola Davisness. <laughs> Davisity. <laughs> That's a good, good way of putting it, though, to be fair. Yeah. Um, right, okay, so, yeah. Can you um, any... Sorry, go on, Sarah. I was just going to go on to further points yeah, as yeah. to why I sort of enjoyed yeah, this film, um, mainly because I think... Um, the story itself, uh, you touched on it there a little bit, Sam. You know, it's it's a story about, you know, what would you do in that situation? Like if your child went missing or, you mm. know, was abducted. And I think it's like a timeless story about morality and like how far you would go, I guess. And I don't think you'd really know until you're in that situation. Yeah. And I think that's what this film mm. is, you know, 
really good at conveying um you know these are very kind of um I think they're very sort of devout Christians, you know, they're very sort yeah. of prepared for these situations that's set up in the first 10 minutes, which I really love. It's one of the best sort of setups in a film I think I've seen. And um, yeah, and just it shows the real sort of roller coaster that these characters go on, even like the detective and like his own journey. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, it could have been set anywhere. That could have been set in space. It could have been, you know, filmed <laughs> in the 70s. It doesn't matter. It's still the same story. And I think that's why I always return to this film. It is, I think, the third or fourth film we've covered where there's a, a young girl that's been kidnapped about... Oh, OK. <laughs> ..who's about I mean, the same is... age as my daughter. Like, you know, I've yeah. got a five-year-old daughter know, who looks a little tiny bit like Anna in this film. And, it, yeah, we did, oh, no. we did Man on Fire, we did uh, Gone Baby Gone. Oh, yeah, Man on Fire. And Man, I think we might have done one of them, yeah. but... Um, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it was always. I always said to Hugh, basically, I can't watch films where you know children are hurt or kidnapped or whatever. So please don't ever recommend them. And then somehow <laughs> I recommended one to him, this and he's recommended the third one, one to now, me. Isn't it? It's like the third one in so about sorry. six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did Gone Baby Gone not so long back, didn't we? Yeah, and, uh, we seem to yeah, have developed I, some sort of yeah complex. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If look, if it's not little girls getting uh, like kidnapped, it's Nazis <laughs> or racism. <laughs> like we've done like a couple of films. Like we did Mississippi Burning. Um, we did um, uh, Black Klansman, mm. and we did um, Boys in the Hood. And it's like we are not qualified to talk about these subjects. <laughs> We are the, it's like two white people who are the furthest away from these situations talk about something they have no idea about. Have absolutely no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no qualification yeah, but, to this. But, you know, they're the good films and they're worth talking about. Yeah, I suppose. About films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so child, so more, yeah, so child kidnap, is that is that a film? Do you like films about child kidnaps? <laughs> um, it's not, it's not a genre that I lean to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to add to that, Sam. Unlike me and Sam. <laughs> yeah. It's so yes, yeah, so so I suppose the next question would be what 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 do you think I wouldn't like about it, Sarah? Yeah, are there criticisms you've got of this film? Yeah, there's there's a few, but it's not many. I do think this film is, you know, pretty solid. Um I think one of the main things is the self. Like it's the film is quite long. It's like two and a half hour runtime. So I don't know what you're like here with like longer films. Um, but I think you kind of have to sit down, focus and like be in that zone. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it's probably a little bit long, I would say, um, in some sections because of the performances like, um, you know, Villeneuve allowing those performances to sort of run naturally or it seems naturally. Um, I think it maybe is pushing a little bit too long, in my opinion. He does. He does like to let a scene breathe, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I had a bit of a habit of falling asleep to his films. Uh, with Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I had to. Uh, it took me a while to get through. I think I kept drifting off. Oh, I had to try the next night or something like that because it was a lot of very long shots. Mm-hmm. Similarly with Arrival, um, yeah. which I actually pre- preferred to Blade Runner and really loved, but still, yeah, I was I was hanging on there if it, if it had been a long day uh, trying to watch it. Yeah. And any other criticisms? Um. Yeah, I I don't know how you feel on sort of. There is a bit of you know violence and threat. Um, I think you know it depends on certain people's tolerance. It's a fifteen, but obviously there's that element that you don't know what. And obviously, you know, you Sam, you've said it's quite <laughs> relevant to some <laughs> people. To you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. sometimes I think the theme like that could be quite you know maybe put people off if they read that synopsis before watching it. You know, yeah, it might deter a few people possibly. 
They know it's not going to be a... What, they read the BBFC rate and went, oh no, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a, a nice, easy popcorn film to watch for that, for that purpose. <laughs> Child kidnapping, right, where's the popcorn? <laughs> where's, where's the cheese popcorn? Where's my sweet and sour? <laughs> where's my Nando sauce? <laughs> Anything else? Uh, yeah, the only yeah. thing I thought it's it's very minute, but it really annoys me. I didn't notice it on the first time I watched it, but when I watched it back a few times, um, hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal does this thing where he blinks quite a lot. Yeah, really? and once you notice it, you can't stop. I think like, it, isn't it a character oh, thing though? Because yeah. I've not seen him do it. In other, I'm presuming that's a yeah character thing. It's very twitchy, isn't he? Yeah, he added it in. Um, I think it's sort of he supposedly added that in as a character thing, um, and I it's it's just. It. Too I hate much. when you notice things like that in films. When you when you don't know a thi- when you know a thing's there that you didn't notice the first time you watched. Like it. how yeah. one of Ryan Gosling's eyes is lower than the other, really noticeably, and you're like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" And, and that's all I'm seeing when I watch his performances. <laughs> like, your eyes is a lot lower than got, the other. <laughs> have you ever noticed Tom Cruise? One of his one of his teeth. Yeah, is it's right in the middle, but yeah. of his nose. Yeah, and and every and recently because he's been on like a lot of like YouTube videos because he might be like a variant of Iron Man apparently in Doctor Strange. They're saying they mm. think he might have a cameo in it, and so there's like pictures of stills of Tom Cruise. And all, all I'm doing is like looking for the tooth, <laughs> and it's really annoying me. And the other one that really gets me, right? Have you ever heard, you know, do you know that song by Kelly Clarkson? Since you've been gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right, so in that song, there's like an instrument in the background that makes like a goes like dung, dung, like a like a like a like almost like a bell or siren sort of noise, but it sounds just like you know when somebody opens a car door and they have the, the seatbelt <laughs> yeah. on, and it does that, and it's all I can ever hear whenever I hear that song. It's, in fact, it's really first, your favorite song of all time. That's such a shame. Well, no, it's, it's not a song that I'm particularly fond of, but it actually it always reminds me of the bit in Donnie Darko actually where he gets out of the car and it, you can hear the car going off because he hasn't got his seatbelt and the doors open, bringing yeah, it all just, the way back to Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It, yeah. It always right. does, you know. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, Donnie Darko is one of my favourite films of all time. I need to re-watch I haven't watched that. It in, yeah. I have watched it ages, but yeah, it really is a great film. Mm-hmm. It was what made, what made me like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, so when I first saw Donnie he, Darko. He is fabulous. He's one of those actors like Christian Bale where you think, this is somebody who seems to commit to this as a proper... Yeah, yeah. he's a chameleon. He kind of fits yeah. into that role. Doesn't matter what it is. He's He just gets yeah. into character. Exactly. He made a lot of... He made a lot of films in and around this period didn't he as well I think he made this he made that Nightcrawler which is amazing yeah. Yeah. Enemy as well the other one yeah. with Denis Villeneuve I've, yes I didn't, I'd didn't. i forgotten about that I haven't even seen that I, I might have That's to good. catch that um, and he made that one about boxing as well around Southpaw. The Southpaw yeah Southpaw I, I, so Sarah, I where, think where are you currently with the uh, watching of all of J. John Hall's film oh no this, was this recently yeah uh, yeah. Uh, I mean where, have, you now, have you now seen them all or are you just I've, on rotation always watching J. John Hall films when I say I'm obsessed, um, like, hang on two seconds, my pop earphones come out. Oh, uh, technical, uh, Phil Sam, Phil Sam, uh, Phil White Chicks. <laughs> what a, what a handsome there we go. Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I've literally made a spreadsheet of Jake Gyllenhaal films. I'm that obsessed. What are the, I want to yeah. know what the columns are. What are, you know, what are the fields in this thing? Yeah, and let's, let's get in deep dive. Come yeah, on. And how embarrassing is it? Never forget the film. I, I like. It's not just his films. It's like adverts he's done. It's music videos. <laughs> What's and the conditional just, formatting? Is there some V lookups in there as well to really, you know, to really process this information? 
I mean, my Excel skills aren't brilliant, so right. I can't really go too much into it. But it's just got, have I seen it? And a rating out of five. That's how far That's it's brilliant. gone. But I, feel like I could add more columns to it, definitely. It's the sort of thing that when, when you end up killing a bunch of people, will find on your hard drive. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know, you murder Jake Jill Hall or whatever, or his wife. And, and everyone goes, yeah, this was, yeah. This was a clear you know, red flag. <laughs> so, Sarah, Sam's a psychology teacher, okay? So, Sam, oh. where, what sort of um, I've read about personality like defect does Sarah have? <laughs> What would, what would the um, what would Grey's Anatomy or whatever the book is that you read for psychology? I don't think that is it. No, it's not Grey's Anatomy. No, no there's a oh, what's the book called that are all the uh, psychological disorders are written in? Oh, the DSM. Okay. Yeah, the DSM. This, I think this deserves a whole new page. <laughs> yeah, spreadsheet awareness. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, if yeah. Jake, if you're listening, watch out. Don't ever. Do you have don't ever <laughs> channel to the Midlands. I mean, don't Sarah, look at my I Twitter. Noticed, <laughs> I mean, the, the viewers can't see this. Oh, the viewers, the listeners can't see this. But obviously, you've um, blurred out the background on your Zoom call. Is that Jake Gyllenhaal's like little, body? Or is, is there like a shrine to Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. behind us? That we you know, like on Always Sunny when Charlie's got those like, red <laughs> Pepe strings. Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We so, do. so you're going to murder Jake Gyllenhaal one day. Yeah. That's fine. Is it, was that the worst um, thing about this film? Was that you weren't married to him in the film? Was that the problem? Yeah. I would like to see more Jake bitch. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. 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 What do you think of Maggie Gyllenhaal? <laughs> I think she's actually pretty good. To be fair, I watched she's The Lost really... Daughter. She directed that recently. Oh, yeah. I thought it was good. Oh yeah, she'd been directing. Yeah, she hasn't been in much recently, has she? She was. I was remembering that film, Secretary. That's pretty good. Never seen that. I've heard about a it. Friend of mine, a friend of mine saw that in the cinema, and there was a man behind him openly masturbating, watching the film Secretary <laughs> in the cinema. I don't know what kind of cinema I mean, he thought it was at, but good God, it, it's good, but it's not. Oh my God, <laughs> it is a good film. Actually, I enjoyed it. It's um, it's about a woman who's obsessed uh, with stuff. Sarah, you might you might find some common ground with it. I, I, mean, I, I know the yeah. concept, so. <laughs> 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 no, so so. What's your favourite Jake Gyllenhaal film then? Uh, Sorry, I just want to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, this <laughs> changing the podcast up. Um, yeah. I think Nightcrawler is probably mm. one of his best. Um, Did he get even nominated for an Oscar no, for that or anything? No, he should have done that. Was so good, good in God. that. Yeah. I think uh, it's hard. I've not seen Brokeback Mountain, so I can't tell you if that's. Yeah, he's um, all right in that one. Yeah, I think is that more Heath Ledger in that one? Yeah, I'd say it's more a bit more Heath Ledger story. I would say. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I don't know, Sam. Do you have any weird obsessions that you'd like to share with us now? Have you got any uh, spreadsheets? None that I'd like to share. Actually, that's right. (laughs) That's between me and my internet service provider. (laughs) Delete. Yeah, Sam's last words would be delete my browsing history. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. What have I been obsessed with in the past? I've, you have a thing about it, Hugh. We're going to go for a break I while will. Hugh thinks about it. Lister, what have you been obsessed by? Get in touch with us on Twitter at Please Watch This. Anyway, so um, let's go for a break, everybody. When we get back, we're going to find out did, did I and Hugh like the film? Did we hate it? Do we think it's Jake Gyllenhaal's best, worst, or one of them? Uh, so join us after the break to find out the answers to some, if not all, of those questions. Hello and welcome back. So, uh, you know, baited, baited of breath and on tenterhooks as you might be, let's find out. Hugh, uh, I'm going to go to you first because you're technically the person having this film recommended to, I suppose. What did you like about Prisoners? Okay. Uh, so what did I like about Prisoners? Uh, as you know, Sam, I am a 
Denis Villeneuve fan. Mm. I've really enjoyed a lot of his film output the last uh, about 10 years now, maybe five, six. I don't know. I'm not sure what the first film of his I saw. I think it might have actually been Arrival. So it might have only been since maybe 2017 or even 18. You know, that I've been really watching his. I think I I saw Arrival maybe 2016, 2017. um, And I loved that film. Um, It's still one of my favourite films of. I think it's still my favourite film of his, to be honest. Um, as this, I suppose, minor spoiler for what I think of this film. But um, yeah, what did I like? Um, this is the first... I always thought Hugh Jackman's best performance in a film was Logan. It's great. Quite honestly. Yeah. And he's really good in Logan. He's, you know, this damaged character. But again, you know, we were talking about performances and you were saying range, weren't you, Sarah? Yeah. Um, where in that film, he doesn't have that much range. He's just, mm. he's just angry and sad a lot of the time in that film. Where in this, uh, this film starts pretty early doors with the, the plot, doesn't it? It goes, boom, kids are gone after about 20 minutes. And that's that tension is there throughout the entire film, essentially. And yeah, I just he was they even made him look, you know, because like he is like a classically handsome, good looking guy, isn't he? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they made him. He's not Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's not Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know who's better looking. I'm not sure. Um, well, I Sarah, knows. Older, <laughs> Sarah knows. Sarah knows. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the wrong person to be asking. Sarah, who's better looking? Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, obviously. He doesn't even yeah. know his own tab. Hugh Jackman. Gyllenhaal's got his own spreadsheet presumably plenty of tabs yeah. And... yeah he doesn't have a tab do you have like a thing with actors who's been in films oh, I should with... do that yeah, that really yeah. would and be Pepe Ray, Silvio and like red a... strings on the wall kind of thing yeah. yeah you can have him on like a tier list of good lookingness like yeah. you know six degrees of Jake yeah. Yeah. yeah I wonder who getting the S tier with Jake <laughs> or is it, is it just Jake in the S tier I think it's just Jake yeah just Jake yeah so so the minorly handsome good handsome uh, yeah. Hugh Jackman but in this they make him look a bit rougher they make him he's clearly not bulking yeah. <laughs> at this moment in time you know he's got like a like a sort of a a bit of a redneck goatee hasn't he going on um, you know so I because sometimes I think he's one of those actors who you know, there's some actors and actresses that are just so good looking. Sometimes you just think they look so out of place when they're in a film. You know, they're trying to do like gritty realism and stuff like that. And I think sometimes that, like, it doesn't help. Um, I mean, you like, had, you had a criticism of good, uh, Place Beyond the Pines because they were just basically too good looking. Oh, but they were too. They were too. <laughs> they good were. Too, yeah. three of the most beautiful people on the planet. Yeah, so that's yeah, fair. Yeah, even Mendes. Um, Bradley Cooper I mean, and Ryan Gosling, yeah. yeah even with his monkey like, eyes. Yeah, Ryan Gosling's wonky eyes. Yeah, yeah, let's, that's it. Yeah, we 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 see you, Ryan Gosling, <laughs> but you don't see us. You don't see us at all. Yeah, something that I thought people who would live those lives wouldn't look that great. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. sorry, but yeah, um, I just, yeah, but it I, that film's. I don't hate that film. I didn't like it maybe as much as I probably should have done at the time but we're not talking about this with that film we're talking about prisoners um so yeah to see like Hugh Jackman give a properly good just a classic drama performance where it's you know it's um I think I've mentioned I've met you said obviously Sarah you won't know this but I've mentioned this to Sam a few times I just these are like just good films you know just good solid films you know like Sicario again just a good solid well acted well cast um good plot interesting themes you know 
I think I think the thing that you always get with films like this, and we talked about it at length in Gone Baby Gone, is that moral dilemma. If you think you know what somebody has done, what lengths are you going to do to um, to resolve that, or what what do you think is the right thing? And obviously, in Gone Baby Gone, it's sort of he kills the person who's the um, who's the who's the kidnapper and the murderer, or he thinks is the murderer, and um, in that film, obviously, that guy gets killed. Where in this, you know, it's Hugh Jackman's basically doing everything but murdering uh, Paul Dano's character, who mm. again, like I've, I put, I put as one of my other um, reasons why it's such a good film was just it's just great performances. Everyone, like Sam said, Viola Davis, she doesn't do that much, but when she does, she's great. Terence Howard as the the other father, who's a bit more reluctant, who maybe, you know, he's not the like they the. They're two friends, but they're very different characters, I think. Yeah. Know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd like, agree with that. Yeah, you, you know, you, Hugh Jackman's character is very much this sort of, you know, survivalist almost. You know, he's sort of a prepper, doomsday you know, prepper. I think we'd call yeah. him. Yeah, doomsday <laughs> prepper, where, you know, Terence Howard is this guy who's just like a normal, regular guy. I don't even say, does he even say what he does for a living? I know he's, I know is his wife a vet, I think she says. Yeah. She yeah. Is, but he doesn't say what he does, and he's just, he's just a normal dude who's put into this very odd situation and he's he doesn't deal with it maybe as best he probably could compared to say um Hugh Jackman's character um you know it's got the I mentioned before it's got a lot of tension uh you know when you have a storyline like this this tension starts pretty early doors and it doesn't really let up even till the final shot of the film quite frankly um it's very similar to Madam Fire and Gone Baby Gone in that, in that sense of the child yeah. is off screen for an hour or more. Uh, yeah. You know, for the vast yeah. majority of the film, you don't really have any inkling of if they're alive or dead, uh, where they could be, anything like that, which is... Uh, no. Yeah, good no, you haven't a notion, have you? And, you know, and it ratchets it, ratchets it up more, doesn't it, when, um, you know, one of the girls is found alive, but the one who's... You know Hugh Jackman's daughter. She's not been found yeah. yet. So you're like, and then you know you've also got that dilemma of he he's certain that um, Alex is is has something to do with the kidnapping, but but it's like that sort of kernel of well, what if he's wrong? And that's what all the other people are like. Well, what if he's wrong? You know, when Viola Davis goes to see him and she accidentally uncuffs him or whatever, yeah. and you know he tries to escape. It's because she has that sympathy for him. She has that, you know, this we could be doing the wrong thing here. So, and obviously, um, you know, at that point, Jake Gyllenhaal has, you know, sort of uh, interrogated him for hours and hours, and he's not given anything up. So, you know, it, it was sort of that, you know, like almost the blind. It's a weird one because the police usually have they usually have the nose for this stuff. Where actually in this film. It's the father who has the nose for it in the end, ultimately, and he's and he is kind of proven right isn't he at the end of the film that he even though he isn't the perpetrator he's definitely an accessory to the yeah. kidnapping yeah. and he's part of it and all this so it's i was i was there's was that was a big sort of tension in the film was is because they because tr- they kind of they kind of go through the um uh, david uh dutch malchian's character route is uh through what's the character called bob taylor they kind of mm-hmm. weave through him and you think oh well, maybe it's him who's done it um and they, they you know they, they they lean very heavily you know they show the scenes where he's in the house of the two children um but obviously that's kind of a misnomer in the end ultimately it is related but it's not it's not sort of um, he's not the perpetrator, so it, it, 
that it was always it was interesting to see and as you said after two and a half hours how they resolved that because what do you guys think do you think it would have been more interesting if Paul Dano's character had nothing to do with it and he was an innocent man or do you think it is more interesting that Hugh Jackman was ultimately right and even though he did horrible things to him he did them for the what you would class as the right thing do you know what I mean that's a tough one I don't know it's, it, it, me and myself like I'm, I feel like I'm a character I'm questioning my like morality like <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know I think because Hugh Jackman's character sort of goes to that place like he has gone to that place so to have a payoff in him being like right I'm I don't know if that's right for the character Mm. but if he was completely I, I don't know that's a really tough question I think in terms of I suppose you can ask it what do you think is right for the story and what do you think is right which which would you prefer would you prefer him to be to be I, I mean part of me kind of wish he was almost wrong I mean he is kind of wrong ultimately but it is through that intense interrogation of that character that it leads him to um, uh, is it Holly Jones uh, Melissa Leo's character mm-hmm. um, and because of that he ends up finding her accidentally well he realises where she is effectively um, what do you think Sam? yeah it would have been a much more stark moral question if he'd gone through all yeah. that and uh, Alex had absolutely nothing to do with it at all uh, on the other yeah. hand it's hard to it's hard to to write that because if he has absolutely nothing at all to do with it then he doesn't figure certain things out from the little clues that he's given in the stuff that Alex actually does say it would be a very yeah. different thing. I'm pretty sure they call him Alex Jones, so, just so that they... Because yeah. obviously Alex Jones is also a, the name of the commentator in, in America, that, that somebody can just say <laughs> Alex Jones has the IQ of a 10-year-old, and they can just justify <laughs> it. <laughs> and so we're talking about Paul Dano's character, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's wonderful in this, isn't he? Mm, he doesn't... Really good. He, yeah, you just forget that he's actually a, not an idiot. <laughs> if that makes you know, that's somebody who doesn't have this yeah. childlike mind. And I liked that sort of, it turned out that, that he was the little boy who was abducted back in the 80s as well. Mm. Did, did um, I either of you see a... any of the twists coming when you saw this film? I thought that one, I thought, I thought originally that it was David um, Daltz-Malchian's character who was the little boy who'd been abducted. I didn't realise it was going to be um, pulled Although he was, wasn't he, for three weeks and then escaped? What, what do you mean? No, Bob, but Bob, the, Bobby had been abducted by. Yeah, the but I thought. Yeah, but I thought he was the kid that they showed earlier. Sorry, right? Yeah, yeah. Not that he was just somebody who had been abducted. I didn't realize that was Paul Dano's character because they sell it so well that oh yeah, his parents died in a car accident. Yeah, you know, and after our kid died, we we. Um, you know, we basically adopted him. So yeah, I was just like, oh well, she's clearly telling the truth. Yeah, they seem to like age her up a little bit as well. I could see that she's yeah, yeah. Quite frail, but you could tell the actress isn't. And I wonder yeah. if that's also mm. to create that that sense of you know she's clearly not going to be a bad guy. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? Did you see anything coming? I think I yeah, I think I thought um, the older woman. I sus- I suspected them because at first she's like, wow, how have they got you know. Paul Dano in so quickly like this can't be right you know it happens really quickly you know they yeah. sort, of, um, sort of charge him and or not charge him rather but in custody and I was like but I didn't trust the old woman I really didn't trust her from the beginning um, so I think ultimately when you sort of get there by the end of the film um, I, I don't know I didn't have that sort of surprise element uh, along the way there's obviously like different little things along the way like you said like uh, Bob 
Bobby, Bob's character. Um, yeah. There's a whole thing as well with um, that um, older guy. I think he's a priest or something. So oh, to do yeah. the church. Oh, yeah. There's that's elements real, like that as well. That's a real, like, that's something actually I, meant, I, f- I was going to mention. Yeah, that comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? That yeah. he finds this body in the basement. And, yeah. And then the, it turns out the priest has basically, like, starved a guy to death or something mm. because the guy admits to killing children. And it's like... But then yeah, for that to come was, full circle of that to be the, you know, the, the yeah. children's father uh, was, yeah. was uh, that was fascinating. That that It slots together so so well, doesn't it? And so I think it, to, to talk about why, you know, I actually, I loved this film. Uh, I really did, did love you? this film. And like you, I'm a big um, Denny Fielder fan. And uh, it was, it, there was, I, I think we all love kind of uh, investigation films and whodunits and so on because you sort of want to try and beat the film to to the conclusion. I never do because I'm mm. I'm really quite a stupid film viewer and probably quite stupid uh, generally, and so I never really I never really see uh, you know twists coming and so on. But it's the same reason why you know. Uh, I went to go see Death on the, on the Nile last week because you sort of one of these like the one of these people is a killer and you want to try and figure it out before the film yeah. uh, tells you and, and you get enough information that you could potentially piece it together. That was kind of the worst thing about the the later Sherlock series, um, the you know the BBC one because you, there's no way you could have figured out the truth. I think it was in the, like the last episode of the special, as opposed to yeah. they give you enough information that you could piece it together, but you're probably not going to if you're following the film. Um, and I'd, I'd only recently rewatched Zodiac, and so to watch Jake Gyllenhaal try and piece things together and go, okay, I'll, I'll go and see this person here, or I need to question that person, and yeah, it's a long film, so I was kind of, I was thinking like, what what's the thing with this priest, like? Why do we need to know about this murder? This doesn't seem relevant at all, other than it's kind of on on theme, and also uh, they can have a priest as a as a sex offender, which is always uh, always welcome um, <laughs> in the films. Uh, we did bit of realism, that time, didn't we? yeah. <laughs> um, and then it was yeah, just perfectly kind of fit back together by the end, which was great. And it was certainly not something I even thought about. You know, what did you think of um, the performances, Sam? Oh yeah, they're they're great across the board. Yeah, and um, that sort of like you can see the actors when we get to the controlled rage scenes. You can see the actors like almost enjoying it. I don't know about you two, but there is something enjoyable about if you like if you're angry and shouting, it can just lead to more. Like you get more, you get kind of worked up, and uh, they, I think they probably quite enjoyed those days <laughs> filming those scenes. I have to say, like, um, not that it was something that I disliked about the film, but you mentioned Sarah uh, during what I might not like about the film about you know there's a bit, of, it's a quite a bloody film uh, at times, and yeah. I must admit, like I that that bit when he's threatening with uh, uh, Alex Jones with the hammer, mm. and he's like about and he swings down, and I was like I was like that, like I was about to look away, and then I saw him hit. <laughs> the sink and I was like oh and I was like oh no but it's gonna come now in a minute and I'm like no <laughs> and I'm not usually that sque- squeamish but that it's that build-up isn't it it's that tension yeah, yeah it's what the whole really... film's sort of building up to that sort of tension like yeah because yeah. like Hugh Jackman's character just keeps pushing it and pushing it and you think actually yeah. we're gonna see some gore here like yeah. where's yeah. this gonna go I mean fair play to Paul Dano for uh, acting inside a wooden box essentially <laughs> with a like a little light hole drilled I mean that takes some I mean presumably he wasn't really <laughs> doing no that. I like to think that they've sealed him in there for a few days <laughs> <laughs> it's very method yeah, yeah. very method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very underrated actor and I don't think he does he doesn't seem to do a lot of or at least maybe I just don't see it he doesn't seem to do a lot of media so I don't really know 
anything about him, which is really yeah. the way it should be. You know, I feel like I know too much about Brad Pitt and, and yeah. you know the like. Like I don't, I don't. He might be an absolute scumbag because he plays them really well, but I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Very convincing. I mean, he's about to be the Riddler, isn't he, in the new Batman film? Yeah. I was sort of seeing that in this film now because there's certain yeah. moments where, especially when um, Loki, Jake Gyllenhaal, he's having those interrogation scenes, one with um, Alex and then again with that Bobby character. And it just mm. literally made me think of The Dark Knight. I was like getting <laughs> that same kind of Christian Bale, Heath Ledger kind of vibe from both those scenarios. And I was That's like, funny. okay, I think I might be seeing the Riddler here a little bit coming through. So. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of, I think he'll take a lot from this performance into that performance. Yeah. Um, but obviously not. Like, I think that sort of chilling sort of creepiness probably will come into it but I think mm-hmm. this I think this version of the Riddler they're making this they seem to be making him a lot more confident if that makes sense yes like you know that's 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 what well that's at least what the trailers are portraying I'm looking forward to seeing it and yeah so it's cool that we've actually done a Paul Dano film not so long out from uh doing uh seeing the new Batman film mm-hmm. um is there anything else, Sam, that you really enjoyed about this film? Getting I I do know? really I uh, I don't always like when Villeneuve kind of lets a scene go on too long, but I think in this case there was letting letting scenes breathe, but without being about you know nothing happening essentially. So I thought it was a good balance that was that was struck in this one, um, and it is incredibly misleading all the way through, which uh, which I really like. Yeah, yeah I, I find it I find it hard to sort of put into words. These are the five things I really like about this film, but. It's also beautifully shot. I think that's something we need to mention. You know, as are all of his films. Um, yeah, it's not beautifully shot in the sense of like, you know, well, it's Roger Deakins, so isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Go so from Mr. Roger, Blade Runner. Roger Deakins, yeah. Mr. Blade Runner, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So yeah I, I, and you really feel the sort of. Um, the time of the year it's set in as well, don't you? It really does feel like. Well, I was watching the weather it's now. Absolutely battery <laughs> yeah, outside. Like the now, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah, really, yeah. Maybe also, that had a lot to do with it as well. <laughs> perhaps we should talk but, about the ending as well. I thought I really loved just the cut to the, the cut to black slash title card. I mean, there's an ambiguity, Sarah. Do you think he finds him? Um, I, I think, yeah, I'm hopeful that I think Loki's Loki seems to be a smart enough detective. I think he heard that whistle, and, and it might take a while to find him because obviously the forensic team are sort of looking around that area. But I think, I think Hugh Jackman gets out. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that it was survived because they talk about the you know the the ground solid, frozen solid. He potentially got shot in the like femur, femoral artery kind mm-hmm. of area. So uh, we don't really know how long it's been as well, and it is very cold. So yeah, it, it, I don't know. How about you, Hugh? Uh, it was ambiguous potentially. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with Sarah. I sort of think that he uh, managed to get out. Um, I think, like you said, that, that that that's one thing I do like about Jake Gyllenhaal's character is he is he is he's not stupid, is he? Yeah. He's, he has a moment of stupidity when he attacks um, uh, that character, uh, Damon David uh, Malchins. We'll call him Bobby. Call him Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Peter Serafinovitz, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want them to make a film where they're brothers. Please, somebody just make a film where those two are brothers <laughs> or related in some way because they look so similar. I don't see it. And they're, and they're both such good actors. Um, yeah. I, I, honestly, I haven't watched a film, though, in, with him in recently where he hasn't died. <laughs> like, he dies in June. He dies in. Spoiler alert uh, for June, by the way. And, yeah. Uh, he's not really in that, though, is he, to be honest? He's but not, yeah, like, he, he does die a lot. Uh, um, and yeah. that was, you know, that was a 
shocking moment, really. Yes, uh, yes, well. it was that might come um, up in, a, in someone's favourite scene potentially. Uh, yeah, just, I, I really like it. And again, going to the sort of moral quandary, there's lots of them. So I won't spoil mm. Man on Fire, but there's like one big moral quandary at the end. Sorry, Gone Baby Gone. I won't spoil that, but there is mm. the, the one big question at the end. In this one, it's so many. It's like, how far would you go? Especially knowing there's a time uh, thing, it's hard not to relate to Hugh Jackman's character in that in that case. Uh, I also think with the ending, what could have been interesting if they didn't cut was the question of not only will he find him, but when he does, will he bring him in or will he let him? Like presumably, Jake Gyllenhaal's character Loki doesn't. There's a well. I don't know, yeah, he probably would bring him in, actually, but th- that would be a question, you know. Yeah. It's, a so- it's sort of a version of acting in self-defence, but it's not, obviously, but, you know, th- there is a question of, is he, is he, how immoral is he, should he go to yeah. prison? Uh, well, he says, does, he says, doesn't it, that, um, you know, when he's talking to his wife uh, at the end, he's, like, saying, oh, if he, if he comes back, he'll he'll go to prison, yeah, won't he? Yeah, probably, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, be interesting. I don't know. What would you do? Plead not guilty and then see if a jury will convict a man who well, tortured a guy to save enough, his daughter. There'd be enough mitigating factors. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you probably wouldn't get 20 years or something, but you might get, yeah, the court of public opinion would mean that you might get a few years. You, yeah, mm. yeah. But then be, to be, be away from your daughter that you've just saved. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. Because really? if you plead guilty, you'll get a statutory sentence wouldn't you I'd imagine yeah so I don't really know but then you can get a plea bargain and you can actually get a lower sentence if you plead guilty because it's quicker and cheaper for the courts and all that so it'd be be a fascinating one and yeah so it's kind of I loved the cut to black slash title card but I also think I think there's lots more to explore there but I like it when a film leaves you leaves you making it with your own mind or that sort of thing yeah Mm -hmm. I think he would rescue him personally and take him in because that character's character is quite you know, he's it's a it's a well written character. Do you know what I mean? He's, yeah, I'd watch a sequel is, about that character. I'm sure you would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's very he's a hard boiled detective, and he's not even he's about he's about my age now. He's about 34, <laughs> something like that. 33, 34. He's not that old, but he's really he's very, he's obsessed. I like it's kind of like the the detective's almost a mirror to the to um, Hugh Jackman's character because they're both sort of obsessed, but in different ways you know like Jake Gyllenhaal's character is obsessed with solving the crime mm. yeah and he seems to have just all, lived this whole thing for this whole week he's, yeah. not, he's not like that's his job and then he's got his own life yeah, it's yeah. not like in the guard where you know he has a day off yeah <laughs> when he's doing this um, murder <laughs> investigation and you know all that sort of stuff it's um, it's very much uh you know, he's he's not. You know, he tells him, doesn't he? He's like, oh, this one got away or whatever. Um, you know, you'll get the next one. You know, you should have. You know, you need to get a girlfriend and all yeah. this sort of stuff. And they just, you know, this guy can't. He he he's too invested, I think, in his job at times. And yeah, that's it's almost an exploration of obsession, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I would say some of this film. You know, what what would you do to get your daughter back? And what what does somebody who's obsessed with their job that's about helping people and solving crimes, what what do they do? You know, yeah. and that leads him to be suspicious of everyone, doesn't he? And that's a great bit of tension between the I two. I think at the uh, end when he's, you know, he's been shot in the head and he's characters. gone through all this and he has probably slept yeah. for a week, it's like his boss just should, should say, right, have a month off Yeah, I mean that bit where he's like driving her to the hospital yeah. in the rain and the snow and he's got yeah. the blood going in his eyes. and you feel you know, that, can't you? 
Oh, you just—I was so tense because I was like, "Don't be, don't have it that he gets—he's—he saved this little girl. He gets almost to the hospital, and they're in some awful car accident. They both die yeah, or something yeah. like that." Because that was where it was led. I thought it was leading, and I thought, you know, I know Denny Villeneuve's not a—he's not overly sentimental at times either about <laughs> the characters. So I was like, "This could totally." I'd be interesting to see. That's, I think that would have made an interesting ending, though, if I'm being honest. If that, had, if they'd crashed and one of them had died or something. Oh yeah, mm. you know, it's that that heartbreak and bit of sweetness of the sort of film. Um, yeah. Should we so. go to things we didn't like, Hugh? What have you got? Yeah, on your list? sure. Um, there wasn't that much I didn't really like. Um, it was more. It is a bit too long. I don't think it needs to be two and a half hours. I think there's too much. I think there's too much of him torturing. Paul Dano's character. I just think that they can move that storyline line along a little bit faster. Um, but then at the same time, it, it's the problem wasn't so much it wasn't it was too long. It was is the pacing of this film correct? And sometimes that di- that comes in with um, you know with runtime. I think so. Did did does it need to be as long as it is? I, I've never had a problem with long films. I can quite happily sit sit and watch a film for three hours as with toilet breaks, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. Um, so I think it was more of a pacing issue. Um, I didn't buy the motivation of the kidnappers. Ultimately it was like, Oh, there was like the, a war on God. I think they called it yeah. or something stupid like that. That's pretty shit as motivation. I think, um, a film I'm going to recommend to Sam again. Another film about children being kid, people being kidnapped. Oh, good. Is um, have you seen the film Room, Sarah? With, yes, um, I have, and I've read the that, book recently as well. Oh, yeah, have you as well. That is, a, I love that film. That film is incredible. Yeah, right. Um, and like the kidnapper in that has a pretty standard kidnapper motivation if that makes sense mm. but I buy it wearing this I didn't really buy that that was their reason for kidnapping kids I was like oh so you what was it what did they say it's like a, a like a the fighting god or something they're waging they a war against god because they're yeah, they, like, were, they were god fearing the people and then their child died was it their child died uh, the child died of cancer didn't yeah it? yeah so they were like right well, we oh, don't so we're led God to believe anymore, so we're gonna basically turn people into non-believers by by making them do by crazy killing things their children. When, yeah. by mm. taking and killing their children yeah and it's interesting that i mean like you said it's interesting that he goes to see a priest then because of that yeah um there was some stuff I didn't really understand. The, like, I don't really get what all the stuff with the mazes and the snakes was. I'm sure there's some big overarching metaphor there, but um, I didn't have a Scooby-Doo, <laughs> if the truth be told. Um, if either of you two know, please shout out. Um, so yeah, so I was like, why all the maze stuff? But that, again, I was. it was fine. There was some, like I said, I didn't really understand... You know, it's one of those films that I'd want to go back and watch again, I think, because I didn't really get the connection at first between um, Bobby's character and um, Paul Dano's character and, and all that stuff. It was kind of confusing until the very end when you were like, oh, he was kidnapped by them as well and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, it was a bit... That wasn't... And then there was one scene where Jake Gyllenhaal's character, where Loki goes to... Um, he goes... He follows, you know, when he follows Hugh Jackman's character out of the hospital near the end, and he goes to the property where Paul Dano is, and I'm sure Hugh Jackman's character is in there, isn't he? No, he drives he goes to and, he drives to the Joneses. Oh right, yeah. oh so I misinterpreted it then. So tools, he yeah. 
So he thinks he goes to yeah that house. He thinks he goes to back to his dad's old house or yeah. his old house. But actually, she, he goes to the Joneses, and then he finds Paul Dano just screaming for help. Yeah, yeah. right. That was where I was confused. I thought he was screaming because he was being tortured. Right. Well, that clears that up then. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not criticism anymore. Yeah, that was. I think it was because it cut and it was night time, so it kind of suggested that he was in there. If you didn't see him. And that it's cut now to another scene, and that yeah. that sort of was a conflict between the two characters. So I was kind of sat thinking, was like, like, did Jake Gyllenhaal's character like help him, or did yeah. he have a fight with him and he escaped, and or did he get out somehow before he stopped him? So that was all a bit confusing. But now that sort of makes sense. Sarah, what are your thoughts um, on the, the maze thing? Is it just the necklace, or is it because Bobby loves mazes so much? Yeah, what do what did you make of the the maze snake thing that's one of the things that i had to look up after when i first watched this film so i completely understand (laughs) confused but when i've looked Mm. into it it's um i think it's kind of there's this whole sort of there's there's the religious aspect you know obviously the um sort of kidnapper has that religious aspect um hugh jackman's character has a religious aspect and i think there's this whole Mm. sort of imagery there's a thing about pagan and christianity throughout the film like you even jake jen and hall's tattoos like the one on his neck is a pagan thing apparently but then he has the cross on his hand so it's this kind of multitude of religion thing going on and mazes are used in that mainly and i think um Villeneuve uses a metaphor as well, so... Maybe it's just an advert for Crete. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Yeah, um, so it could be. <laughs> yeah. With Bobby's obsessions with mazes, did that, did that come from being kidnapped for those times? Or, oh, I can't, I can't piece it together, because obviously the father had the maze yeah. necklace. Was that just Bobby's... He's processed that. Maybe it's some kind of trauma thing, possibly, for Bobby's character. But it does come up everywhere. And, like, it's on a lot of the the marketing for this film. There's a lot of... Yes, I remember that at the time. The mazes. But I think it's... it's, Ultimately, it's quite a small aspect of the film, really. Um, But I think, yeah, it can be sort of symbolised, I guess, to sort of show, you know, going round and trying to find the child or whatever it may be and the confusion yeah. and the moral journey I think is sort of yeah. what I've yeah. sort of when I've the looked dead it up ends, to find you it. might go down while searching yeah. and you're trapped this, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. It. yeah and they're trapped yeah, yeah. Um, so Sam what didn't you like about this film again similar to you there was not much I didn't like I the runtime wasn't a problem I mean you're right with the I think you might be right with the pacing unless you it sort of depends on the factors of how how you're feeling watching the film and uh, and so on because I remember thinking it was um, it was just after they, I think they just brought Bobby in or it might be even after he shot himself and I remember thinking okay so we're probably not far from the end now and it was about 55 minutes left so I thought okay well that's odd uh, it wasn't mm. disappointing though because it didn't feel mm. like oh there's 55 more minutes of this mm. so I'm a bit conflicted on the runtime and pacing, and I think similarly, I'm a bit conflicted on my other point, which is the the moral quandaries of this. In some mm. ways, could have been spelled out or asked more clearly, um, but I think Denny Villeneuve is not someone really to hold your hand too much and have one character yeah. saying, "But really, what would you do to save your child?" You know, it's more just like we're supposed to see these things happening and yeah, these, this is their, these characters' reactions. You know, yeah. find yeah. find what you can from it. I think it's more what he's going yeah, for. I think- I think something I would mention as well, maybe I think the supporting 
characters are a bit underdeveloped as well. Like, you know, you've like you said, you've got Viola Davis, Terence Howard in there. The mum, she just texts the bed, doesn't she? Because she's yeah. got some sort of mental health issue, so she just can't de- she can't cope. Quite frankly, yeah. it, it, and I would have liked to have seen like like it's his son, isn't it? At the beginning, that shoots the deer. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, obviously, the daughter's too young, I think, but. You know, if the daughter was maybe a couple of years older and maybe if it had been her out with her dad, perhaps, and that, that relationship they had maybe could have been developed a bit That's better. That's a fair point, actually. And it's, it's funny, yeah. actually, with, with um, creating stakes and so on. Like, you could watch a film where the earth is at stake and you go, I don't care because... That's not the earth. Like that's the earth of this film. Film world. I don't. Yeah. I don't care mm. about any of those humans there. And so, you'd think that well, just a daughter's a dad, a father's daughter, uh, being kidnapped would be enough. But you're right. We don't really establish that they have this perfect father daughter yeah. relationship. I mean, much. I mean, obviously, you take it as read that you know they're both devoted fathers yeah, to their kids. But and, in the same amount of fire, if you, yeah. they build that for about 40 minutes, his relationship um, with, yeah. uh, with Dakota, uh, Dakota Fanning, is it? Dakota? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Uh, they build that so that you care about this girl and you care about their relationship. But, yeah, uh, and you find yeah, out that her just, dad's actually a shit dad as well, don't yeah. you, in the end? Yeah, it, prob- well, like, it probably is just taken, like you said, it's like you don't need to show a Nazi being awful you just show that they're a Nazi and you go oh mm. that's the bad guy you don't have to show yeah. them you know being rude to a waiter or something like that to establish their bad you know you, like we watched um, have you ever seen the film The History of Violence Sarah? No I haven't no, no. so in that that's a film where with Viggo Mortensen and he has a son in that who um, he's getting got this guy who's bullying him a little bit and he uses violence to um to resolve he beats this bully up basically yeah and the dad has a go at him for using violence against this kid despite the fact that the dad stopped these two men robbing his um diner. his little little diner um and so it's it's interesting like you get this interplay in that film between him the, the father figure and the, the the son where it would have been nice to have had something like that with because um, you get a little bit of it at the beginning with the deer. Uh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen like maybe some of the tension between. You do get it at one point, don't you, when they're in um, the girl's bedroom. When you Is it Joy? I think she's, she's Anna. not Joy. Anna. When yeah. it's in Anna's bedroom and they're like arguing there. And he's like, oh, I can smell the drink on you. But it's, they just don't, I wish they developed that a bit more. Because in two and a half hours, there's definitely room for that development. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I, I think the teenagers are really underwritten. Um, I yeah. think they could have really used that a lot more. Um, they could have film. even had seen because like obviously there's a scene isn't there where the two teenagers were about the same age mm. are chatting to one another and I thought oh well you're going to see some of their stuff like maybe there's a romance between them or something perhaps and they're going to have to deal with the kidnapping of their two sisters and you know maybe they're going to get involved but they're just kind of they're just sort of bit part players which yeah. is a bit of a shame but you know it is still a film I guess at the end of the day it can't follow everyone Mm. Um, but it's it's a very well made film. Let's be honest. There's no, it, you know, this one thing I did I would mention I forgot to mention was as much as I do like say Blade Runner and um, Dune, they're both amazing visual spectacles and really well made films. They both lack a bit of like human emotion in them. I think, um, like especially Blade Runner is very does struggle for its for the emotional sort of heartstrings mm. being pulled on in that film where the thing I like so much about Arrival is that it is the the core of that film is an emotional sort of relationship between um, 
Amy Adams's character and her daughter. Yeah, it is. And her grief and her, and that subversion of her learning about her grief as she learns this language. And, <laughs> you know, it all, that's such a great film. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's nice to see that, you know, he can do the emotion stuff. And I, and that's that's the one thing I kind of hope for the next June part two is that the, the emotion that he was able to bring in Arrival in this is actually brought into those film, into that film, because it was probably the one thing that sort of let it down, I would say. Yeah, because this is one of his, I think this is his first American produced is, film. Is this his first American film? Yeah. Would he made this before... Um, what was the other one he made at the same year? Um, uh, Enemy came out the same year, I think. That's yeah, Canadian, that... I think. Cause oh, he's, is that Canadian? Because he's French-Canadian. I think I know they filmed that all in Canada, I think. Ah, yeah, yeah I knew how, I knew he was French-Canadian. I just wasn't sure if that was a an American production or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so there's not much to dislike. There is a few things that I had, I had, you know, you know, as criticisms, but ultimately it's a solid, solid film. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a hard one to pick apart and, and uh, really, yeah. really lambast in any sort of way. Should we get into um, favourite scenes then? Sarah, Let's go. What was your favourite scene of Prisoners? Um, I think I had two scenes. I couldn't really pin this down to one. I don't know if that's breaking the rules. <laughs> no, you're all right. Go on. Um, one we'll my... allow it because you're a guest, but next time, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll remember. <laughs> uh, one of my favourite scenes was, um, I'm sure you guys might say the same, but when Hugh Jackman sort of sees that Paul Dana's character has been released from custody, comes out to oh, the cars yeah. and kind mm. of like barges right through the police and sort of accosts him. And then, you know, Paul Dano says that little thing in the his mm. ear about, you know... Was it, they didn't until after I left. Yeah, exactly. It so I think right through, doesn't it? Where you go, oh, what, what? <laughs> it's almost so quiet. Like, what did he say? You know, and yeah. you're just like in that same position. He's got, as Hugh he's got that voice, hasn't he, Paul Dano? It's kind of, it's quite a high. He's got quite a high voice, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Very and so when high he says and quiet, and you're just like, what? Yeah, when he says something creepy as fuck like that, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that's when I think that's a really pivotal moment because of like, obviously, it's the heightened character. Um, Hugh Jackman's mistrust in Loki and mm. you know and then we get that little scene and I was like I don't know if I trust you know Alex's character now I'm just yeah. like oh it's, it was just such a pivotal moment I thought but I think it was filmed really really well uh, in that good scene choice. it's a good, good scene yeah it's a good scene it's gr- great tension isn't it because mm. obviously Hugh Jackman's literally just said to Jake Gyllenhaal don't release this guy yeah, yeah. and he tried you know he's, he's he, like they've got this conflict but Jake Gyllenhaal uh, he's, I mean, Loki, him and his he, captain. Yeah, <laughs> he just tells him that. to fuck like, off. And, yeah. Like he's just d- belittles him all hey, the time. Hey, captain, do me a favour. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like I don't wish I don't speak to my boss at work like that. <laughs> maybe he's maybe he's more invaluable. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm disposable. Yeah, uh, Hugh, your favourite scene. Uh, mine was when uh, Detective Loki goes to the the uh, property where Paul Dano's being held, and he, I can't remember the reason he goes, but he goes. He basically and Hugh Jackman's there with him, and he pretends that he's been drinking. Oh yeah, and he's like pretends to be asleep on the floor, and him looking yeah. around the place, yeah, that's great. and you can see like Hugh Jackman getting ready maybe to hit him or something, and he's looking for a weapon of some kind, and then mm. all of a sudden you know save you know the classic Saved by the Bell sort yeah. of. Um, <laughs> He says a little glance at the bathroom, but doesn't go in. Yeah, yeah. that's very close. 
Yeah, and if he'd literally, uh, um, yeah. So, I, you know, maybe not the best resolution of that scene, but, you know, definitely oh, the tension is just insane at that point. Yeah. What, what about <laughs> you, Sarah? Right. I had quite a few, but I think I, I like the I like two car scenes. I like the getting, getting Ella to the hospital and mm-hmm. uh, when they're both sat in the car together. Uh, which yeah. I think has been on some either posters or oh, some, yeah. you know it's it's a frame of them in the car. It's just this great tension where uh, Keller, uh, Hugh Jackman's character, is this kind of practiced liar. You know, he really is quite mm. convincing in in explaining that I've not had a drink for this long and going back and forth and all this sort of I stuff. I mean, is the, is is it? Is, it doesn't mention it anywhere else. Is he is he a former alcoholic? I think that's that quite character. Clear. Yeah, I mean, mm. it, it seems to really fall off the wagon in a way that would suggest he used to be a very heavy drinker. So you said you had a second one. What would be, what would be your second choice for favourite scene? Um, I think it's the scene that Hugh mentioned that was quite, you know, made him wince a little bit, but I, I did quite, in, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but you know, <laughs> when... Um, Again, Kelly... Jake, just, forget, you know, increase your security. <laughs> She's a sadist. Yeah, it's all adding up, yeah. isn't it? These are the warning signs now. <laughs> um, it was the... <laughs> God, I'll never, I'll get a bad rep now. Um, <laughs> Yeah, when Keller sort of goes to that point and sort of is there with the hammer, I think yeah. that in terms of performance-wise, I think that was the peak when I was like, okay, this is this is one of the best sort of... Because uh, I think this is the best thing I've seen the Hugh Jackman in. Right. Um, and I think, yeah, that was the point. I was like, oh, okay, right. He's he's he, he's a proper actor. You know, he's yeah. here to deliver um, that, that those lines there is, There's well. always been that sort of thing, hasn't there, with Hugh Jackman? It's that like, ah, uh, yeah, but... You, you know, you, it's that singing and dancing stuff, isn't it? Yeah, like, oh, musical background. A, are you just a musical theatre guy, or are you actually a proper, a proper thespian actor, darling? Yeah, it turns out he's a good actor. Yeah, I, I actually yeah. feared for the actor Paul Dano in that scene. I was like, is he going to actually yeah. hit him? <laughs> just like really yeah. go method with this and actually break his fingers. It's like one of those. I love the way the f- the scene's actually framed because you see it through the doorway, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Which is really very strange. voyeuristic. I think you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, it's no. like, yeah, because you're looking, it's like you're looking, but you don't want to look, but you do want to look. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's very clever. And, and I think the film doesn't condemn, so we're back to that morality required. thing, like, it, <laughs> it never really condemns him for making that decision. Other characters might say you're wrong, but they, hmm. but I think they're the Birches, that uh, Joy's parents, I'm not, oh, well, anyway, Joy's parents, they, they yeah, the understand, Birches, right. so they're sort of like, enable at first, and then they just... You know, then they just go. Well, it's none of our business, and we don't, we're mm. going to wash our hands of it because then you know nobody's saying this is one hundred percent wrong, and you can't do it because, like you said, you know they, they tend not to be found if you if you wait too long. So it's, it's, it's a matter of time, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Uh, favorite lines, then, Sarah. What was your favorite line of dialogue? Oh, I mean. He's already said it. It was do me a favour, Captain, oh. go fuck yourself. <laughs> Actually technically Sam said it. Oh Sam said it, but I just told know. him to go to go fuck himself. Yeah, I think it's just in the moment I think it's perfect, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. It just works so well. It's quite funny, isn't it? It's kind of blunt he's yeah, it joking, cuts but it's through not the joking. intensity of it all and a bit yeah. of humour. Mm. Good character moment yeah. for him. Uh, I mean that you? captain must be at the HR department like every <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, for me, my favourite line. I, I think one. I think this film does a little thing it suffers from. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have any really great lines. It's not. It's not a film. I think I. I would remember for its. Dialogue. I haven't heard anybody quote it. I've never heard anybody quote the film. Yeah, that's true. 
But I picked the probably the creepiest moment of the film, and we've just discussed it. Is um, when Alex, when Paul Dano's character Alex Jones goes, "They only cried when I left them," and it's yeah. oh, mm. it's so fucking creepy. It is, <laughs> and that's the whole basis of the film, really, isn't it? When you think about it, because he I, yeah, he gets that he gets that he hears him say that, and he's convinced that this guy's involved yeah. and he's yeah. done something. That's just one interpretation of that the line, isn't it? But once you know that character, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> And he especially when, you, when you hear him singing the uh, the song and oh, picking yeah. the dog up by the by the oh lead. gosh, that as somebody who's who's had dogs in the past, oh, that made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. I was asking yeah, people at work actually if anybody had seen this film, and uh, one of our colleagues, Amy, who's a, a real animal lover, I think she said that she got to a scene where a character picks up a dog by the, by the neck, you know, by a lead, and I, th- I think she said something like, "I had to carry on watching the film to see what happened to that guy, <laughs> to see if he got his comeuppance." Basically, yeah, well, yeah. definitely. I don't know how do you do that in a safe way because there's just not a safe way you can do that. Put a mini harness on a dog. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> well, like, yeah, the film's budget, a lot of it went on the CGI to <laughs> to, to CGI out all the. We, um, we made a we made a robot dog the, fully AI. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> far and away Fido the most th- expensive <laughs> shot of the film. <laughs> but yeah, this film had a budget of 150 million. <laughs> what do what was the budget on it? Let's have a look. It was uh, while you do that. I'll tell 46 you million. 46 million, well. Wow. And it wow. made 122 worldwide gross, apparently. That's good. Nice. That's very good numbers. Uh, I would say Successful. my favourite line was sick. It was the kind of really sickening. And so I've included it because it had such an emotional effect on me, which was when she, um, when uh, Holly Jones puts him in the hall and says, I'd love for you to still be alive when I dump your daughter's body down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, chilling, isn't it? Yeah. Like, after watching the film, I went and hugged my daughter a little bit tighter before <laughs> yeah. I got to bed because it was just... Yeah, and then I actually cried when the when Anna uh, came through, uh, came through, fine, and she was in the wheelchair, just like... Yeah. Oh, bless you. I had, this, I had this real emotional reaction to this, this character... Uh, and I don't know if it was just the film doing that or because, you know, one of the modelling dads. Um, I also really like the line, which is not original to the film because it's a well-known line, but it it's really uh, sums up his character, pray for the best and prepare for the worst. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's sort of almost like the tagline for the film, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Actually, what was the tagline for the film? Every moment matters, apparently. <laughs> okay. Which, mm. Again, I, just, I, I think the marketing for this film is yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty enough, really. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the heavy lifting for this marketing for that film, though, was the fact that it had Gyllenhaal. And, yeah, uh, the, I think Hugh the cast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was it was marketed, like you said, the poster. It was, look, we have these two actors. Yeah, come watch these two in a yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, in a dramatic film. Not it, like I mean, a silly it won for film. Sarah, you know, that made <laughs> that yeah. Sarah watch it. I'm, yeah. I'm prime suspect, you know, I, I found it because Jake Gyllenhaal was in it you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah she's like she, she's the you know when they need when they're trying to like if 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 this if your obsession was um was um mark Wahlberg, um you, that's one of the reasons you might have gone to see uncharted you might have got to go see it because he's in it you know that's, <laughs> somebody did what, what do you somebody, mean i'm some, on a spreadsheet <laughs> somebody went to see that film because mark Wahlberg's in it you know i'm sure he, yeah. he added a few yeah or marky you know. mark you know yeah. great yeah. In, uh, great in uh thinking Fugadite. i think he's a really good supporting actor but when you put him as the lead or the semi-leader somewhere he just is 
awful. just seems to choose certain films or is chosen by certain filmmakers when they're going to yeah. make quite a bland action film. Mm. Um, but I, I think he does work. I think he works when they put him in comedies where he's meant to be this hard yeah. character. Yeah, and, yeah. It does you know, work. and like it's the, very good the, the comedy around him. Yeah, yeah. But I like it. He's amazing though in um, The Departed. Like, he's oh really, yeah, 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 steals the show. It's one of his times. better roles. It's frustrating. Yeah, I think he's obviously a good actor and does a lot of uh, yeah, pretty forgettable yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, favorite shot then, Sarah? What would you say is your favorite shot of the film? It's a beautiful shot film. <sighs> was it the one in, when the guy nearly got shot in the head? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's there's so many. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's so many different things. Like, there's, I guess there's like lots of movements that I like. There's a lot of like there's like push-ins on like certain like. The tree, for example, I know that's such a random shot, but near the beginning, when you're like, something's yeah. happened, but they've like slowly moving in on a tree, things like that. Is this the film nerd in you now? Yeah. Where you're like, I just can't pick, there's so many. Yes, they used the yeah. dolly on that moment and they pushed in. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we've got you on this kind of, a, this sort of hardcore analysis, that's what we need. Yes. That's what we're, what we're after. I, I don't know, there's so many shots. I love, I love it. I think Roger Deakins does a great job. Uh, on this film it's it's probably a little bit more um it's definitely a lot more toned down compared to Blade Runner 2049 mm. which he comes back on but mm. uh it's very sort of natural palettes and things like that but I think mm. there's a shot that I really like where um Jake Gyllenhaal is Loki you oh, sort of surprise th- oh oh what a shock <laughs> 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 that tight shirt he's wearing <laughs> oh yeah uh, that long sleeve top um <laughs> It's when he's got his um, his sort of hands on the back of his head and you can see the tattoos on his hands and you've got oh, the yeah. prison, uh, not the prison, sorry, the maze on the sheet on the floor and it's just that kind of depth, like looking from above. Oh, yeah. is that when he's, after he's smashed up his keyboard? Yeah, so after he's had that sort of rage in the office bit yeah. and then you get that over sort of shot and there's like the depth and this, like you can analyse mm. it about the tattoos and the paper and mm. there's so much to mm. look at it. But yeah, probably So, so, so he, actually, while we've got somebody who actually understands these things, so what makes, what's the, other than, obviously visually you can see a great shot mm-hmm. sometimes, but what actually makes someone say like Roger Deakin stand out as a great cinematographer? What is the difference between him and just some bland cinematography? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot here a little oh, bit. Gosh. If you if you can't answer it, it's fine. We can, we'll just we'll, we can just say it's because it looks good and that we can move on. But is there anything you technically understand? Maybe that would make his f- compositions better. Or I mean, he's not he's not my favourite cinematographer. But who's that? Um... Oh, there's a question. Do even <laughs> do even think we'd get into this? Go on then. Who's who's your favourite cinematographer? Um, oh, what's the guy? <laughs> I can't think of names, but there are some that's not um... name a film that they've cinematographer for and I'll is it Hoyt them. Van Hoyten I think oh, yeah. you've cute. just made that up no that, he's real he's real I promise um, oh, bear with me two seconds oh yeah Hoyt Van Hoyt yes oh he's the guy who did Tenet yeah oh yeah he's yeah, good so he's done a few oh and Dunkirk stuff, and Ad Astra um well, because oh, Wally Fisser used to work for Christopher Nolan on, on his film, City, and then he moved on to he become did, a, yeah. a director in his own right. Yeah, Dunkirk, yeah, Skyfall, is he director of photography? Oh, yeah, I, I know his stuff. Yeah, you know, he did uh, the, the Fighter Sam. Right, interesting. Mm. Yeah, 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 he's good, he's good, yeah. Swiss dude, hence the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, so yeah, so what makes what makes a good cinematographer compared to a 
I don't know. You wouldn't. I wouldn't know the name of a bad cinematographer, I guess, because they wouldn't have become famous, would they? No, uh, I don't know. I think it's just the use of because they have to have a, the knowledge of everything, really, like light, whether it be natural or you know, artificial, and the sort mm. of the camera compositions they have to work with the director. And I think there's some that just. I think Roger Deakins is like one of the most infamous sort of cinematographers of our time. I think because he does like such big projects, like he mm. did this. I think he's on Shawshank, Skyfall. Yeah. Like he's done so Lots many big of Coen Brother films. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I've only seen a few Coen Brothers, but you know, like No Country for Old Men is kind of very sort of naturalistic, and I think Prisoners mm. is quite natural in sort of the palettes and stuff. Um, yeah, I remember thinking today actually going, oh, it's a bit grey, and then I was like, you know, does it does the world really look like that? And then I looked outside, and it was <laughs> yeah. absolutely the exact same sky and the rain and the wind, and I was like. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's no, he's nailed that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he's able to do Blade Runner, which is like so like neon and yeah. you know yeah. bright and but there are, there are some darker moments in Twenty Four Nine. Rustic, but, yeah. rustic isn't is it Rust essentially doing what's cool. what's the what's fit for purpose, what's right for the job? You know, like I think a so. like a golf caddy. It's not about here's the best club. It's the best club for this shot. That sort of that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, some of them work specifically with the same directors. Yeah. Um, I feel like Quentin Tarantino has like his specific cinematographer and things like that. But yeah, it's a collaborative effort, isn't there? But yeah, I was interesting. I was watching today that one of those um, Corridor Crew YouTube uh, videos they were talking about. Um, they were doing. They were talking about the shot of um, in the Matrix Three where um, the ship comes through the the gate for the. Um, you know, for Zion at the loading dock oh, yeah. um, with Niobe and that and Morpheus and all of it on. And they were saying that there's a bit of fire comes out the side of it, but it has to come out just enough that you see it, but not enough that it washes out the shot, you know, that mm. it's too bright for the shot. And it's stuff like that you just yeah. don't think about. And then you're just like, oh, well, that's what probably makes a good cinematographer because they can get those effects in camera, but also not ruin the shot and have to cut or do it mm-hmm. from a different, you know, do like multiple cuts because... I think a lot of people find that quite jarring, isn't it, when there's like loads of oh, fast yeah. cuts. Well, like apparently, Bohemian Rhapsody is really bad for it. Yeah, I noticed yeah. it when I watched I heard that. See that video, but yeah, yeah, it's great I noticed it. of the bad editing. But I funny. noticed it, but it didn't annoy me. But I knew about it before I went into it, so I was uh, kind of yeah. bracing myself for it, I suppose. And, and yeah, probably for for us, we don't really notice that very much, me and Hugh. But uh, I think sound. There was two sound problems I counted in this film. Oh, one of them seemed like it was either a problem or a intentional when uh, Hugh Jackman's character Keller he's talking to uh, Detective Loki for the first time and he says something like shut the fuck up for a fucking second <laughs> the sound goes weird in the way that like if you if you shouted too loudly into a microphone that wasn't ready for it basically and I thought have they right. gone with that take because it was the best take but it didn't quite work or was it on purpose? Am I just mishearing it? Like, was it on purpose? They usually it ADR this stuff, me? don't they? Yeah, well, then, and then speaking of that, so for ADR, there was one when his son shouts at him. It seems mm. so obviously uh, dubbed, or really? or the sound just changed. It was really odd, like from from one moment to the next. Uh, to that shouting thing. If you, the only I thing you... I noticed sound-wise in this film was that there was some time, like the bit, you know, when he talks to uh, Joy for the, after she comes back yeah, and he's like, you were there or something. And then she says something else. I can't remember the line now, but I had to go back and rewind it and put the subtitles on so really? I could oh, right. see see what she said because I just couldn't catch what she said the first time. But yeah, there's a bit of, that's a modern movie problem though, isn't it? Where they're, they're 
you know, like mumble rappers in it. Yeah. There's, a bit, there's a bit of mumbling going on and all this sort I mean, of stuff. Uh, Hugh Jackman does a lot of great, uh, great voice work. You know, when he's praying and so on, like mm. very, very good bikes and a very good yeah. voice for it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, stuff. like right, right at the beginning with the uh, the Our Father. Yeah. With the uh, the Protestant remix at the yeah. end. <laughs> I was like, when he said the last bit, I was like, the fuck is this? I was like, oh yeah, it's the Protestant version. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That made me that chuck that tickled that really took me out of the scene <laughs> that moment. I was like the power in the what the fuck is that? oh yeah mm. oh yeah. Um, what about you then, Sam? What's your? I really shot? like the shot of uh, when he's driving, um, mm. the flashing lights and the bleeding head. Uh, yeah. Just hit the light hitting the blood was was a like a really dazzling shot. I thought it was great. Yeah, I I almost picked that myself. Um, Me too. Particular, yeah, particular. There's a particular bit where it shows you like a close up of like the windscreen with all the rain yeah. hitting it, and he, yeah. the blood, you know how he can barely see. But I actually went with the shot when he's down the hole and he's kind of looking around and he picks up the red. Um, oh yeah whistle mm. and I really liked that sort of foreshadowing that they were talking about it all the way through the film and then yeah. suddenly there's this like and then you don't and then you realise it's even more significant later on in the at the end of the film don't you? Oh, yeah. oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's almost like the girl in the red coat shot because <laughs> of <laughs> you know what it, yeah it's yeah, so red, red and that yeah well great great choice uh, we're going to go for a little break now uh, listener and when we come back we're going to get ratings critics quizzes and find out what we're going to watch next week so join us after the break hello welcome back to the final part of please watch this uh we're gonna get some critical response to this film now um it's, I think, criminally underrated on Metacritic. It's only got a 70%, which is obviously a positive score, but it was lower than I was expecting. Um, and I've got a few just choice quotes for you. Um, uh, Claudia Puig from uh, USA Today. I'm not sure how to pronounce that name. How's it pronounced? P-U-I-G. I said Puig, maybe Pug. Oh, Pig. P-U-I-G. Isn't that like Pui? Like, there's a tennis player, I think. Is it? Monica Pui. Claudia from USA Today. Um, Yeah, it might be. Called it a sombre, twisting and thoroughly engrossing police thriller. Uh, It raises complicated moral questions about how far an anguished person will go for the love of a child. At the same time, it sets up an intricate, horrifying mystery with breathtaking skill. Um, And then to uh, give a sort of more negative view... Um, uh, Peter Hardlaub Hartlaub in the uh, San Francisco Chronicle said it's easy to get lost in the first hour of Prisoners um, but then he says however the last 40 minutes betray uh, betray the film a little bit because um, it's often perplexing it's difficult to remember a recent movie that soared so high before plummeting with a series of bad story choices but the end result is still a strong piece of cinema a failure only if you dwell on what might have been so to kind of add a little bit more to that um uh, NPR's Ian Bookwater said that uh, the film grows less concerned with its moral conflicts and more with making the plot's too many puzzle pieces come together neatly. It doesn't ruin the film but it does undercut that stellar first two thirds as well as a pair of truly remarkable f- performances from Hugh Jackman and the only mediumly handsome Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I added that in. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> what do you think about that then? Does, does the film kind of forget its moral conflicts to, to try and make all these pieces fit together or are they, do they, does it succeed at both what do you reckon I think it succeeds at both in my opinion um, mm. I think the criticisms that that sort of negative review 
I don't necessarily agree with. I think I think we've already mentioned what I think are the negatives in terms of the mm. maybe some character writing, but I think it handles the morality, you know, equally. I think you know it's it kicks it off from the beginning and is constant throughout. I don't think there's any sort of you know yeah. two halves to this film. I think it's kind of consistent. I think the pacing's a little slow up until maybe the last half an hour. Like I thought, I did think I was sat thinking going. Oh, I'm waiting for this to ramp up a bit, and but when when it did ramp up, it was earned. If that makes sense, yeah. A lot of know. a lot of things fit together quite quickly. Uh, one thing after another. So I didn't catch all of the, I didn't fully understand all of what the revelations were at first. But I kind of like that. You don't necessarily want the, the filmmaker mm. to just tell you um, everything uh, all at once. No, it, there's a fine line, isn't there, between holding the audience's hand enough so they understand what's happening and treating them like they're not children at yeah. the same mm-hmm. time. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it yeah. doesn't really matter what they say because they're a bunch of hacks and, and I don't really <laughs> care about anybody's opinion <laughs> apart from Sarah and Hughes. So, how many red whistles out of ten would you give this film? <laughs> Hugh, how many red whistles would you give it? I think Metacritic's kind of spot on. It is. It is a seven out of ten. It's. It's a solid. It's a top tier solid film. It's like it's at the bottom of good films, if that makes sense. Right. You know, it's like you would sit and watch it happily all day. You know, if you, if every movie was like as solid as this film, you'd be you'd be happy as Larry. Because so he's a very happy you? person. Very happy, Larry. Um, I'd give it a higher score than Hugh. I really mm. enjoy this film. Um, Again, I don't think enjoy is the right word for this film. Um, I would give this film 9 out of 10 red whistles. It's really one of my favourite sort of top 10 films. That's good. I, I agree. Good. I agree. I was uh, I was going to go for 8, and then uh, like as I was watching it, I was thinking, what would I give this rate as a rating? And then I think it just tipped into 9 with the sort of last 10, 20 minutes. When I, first, when I heard yeah. Radiohead come on, basically, I thought, okay, it's a 9. It's a 9, <laughs> <laughs> it's a nine <laughs> for me. I think... I think because, uh, sorry, you know this, but I think I, if I was ever going to give it a something, a point, because I don't like to split my point, you know, we've got mm. 10 options for a reason. If I'm starting to go <laughs> 0.6 or 0.5 or whatever, I think if, if there was any film worth a 0.5, I think this probably would fall into that category because I was going, oh, this is a solid film, but it's a seven. And then, you know, it has the whistle being blown at the very end, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I like this film more than." Yeah, than I like mm. that because it's like you said, it's ambiguous yeah. enough, but it's it gives you a good enough resolution that you can you can decide what happens, and yeah, that's and quite you sort of, you fun, don't need isn't to it? See it? It's a bit sort of like yeah, it's, uh, it's just how just the sausage is made, isn't it? All the admin, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good stuff. That was uh, that's a very positive response, I think. Now we're going to have a quiz um, since. Uh, Sarah, you know this film better. What I'm essentially going to do is quiz Hugh, and then if he doesn't know the answer, I'll go to you. Okay, uh, as sounds the, as good. The expert, as the basically, expert. basically, what's happened is we're going to discover my ignorance, and then you're going to come in and look absolutely super intelligent when you oh, know all the answers. The pressure's yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> bear in mind, Sam. This was a film I was very much invested in, so I was really not paying attention for like quiz questions. Okay. Sometimes I will make like little mental notes in my head, Sarah, if I'm watching a film, going, "Oh, I think he might ask the name yeah. of that, or he okay. might say what was this." But this one, I tried for about twenty minutes, and then was just like, "Ah, oh, no, fuck it, just to watch it, <laughs> just enjoy the film." Yeah. Okay. Well, the film, yeah. question one: How old is Hannah? Is Anna? Is Anna? She's six. Very good. Correct. Question two: What is uh, Paul Dano's character's full name? 
Ah, do you know, I was going to... I remember seeing this and going, this is going to be a quiz question. (laughs) So the character is called Alex Millward Jones. Nope, don't know where you got Millward from. Uh, You got his first and last name right, though. Sarah, do you know his middle name? No, I don't know his middle name. (laughs) Uh, I had to rewind it just to go and, like, yeah, that's that's a quiz question right there. It's like... It is somewhat like that, though. It's like a it's like a surname, middle name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Listener, do you know his middle name? And obviously, you're a listener. You're not. A Can talker, you give me so the first letter? W. Willard. No, it's uh, Winterman. Oh, I'm not. Where did I get? <laughs> Father <Well>. Todd Unctuous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the, wow, in well under an hour. Uh, right, okay, so question three. How many children did Alex's dad tell the priest he'd killed? Sixteen. Very good, very good. Uh, how is Alex's IQ described in this film? Like that of a ten-year-old. Fantastic. Really sorry, Sarah, he's uh, blocking you out here. Yeah. But here is a difficult question that I don't think he'll get, although he might. What is the name of the book found in Bobby's attic? Oh, crumbs, danger mouse. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, abduction for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Kidnapping for dummies. I can't remember. It's the Zodiac. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> no, I haven't. I can't remember it. Sarah, do you know? Damn it, I should have known you were going to ask that. No, I, I don't know. I really so, don't know. So tell us about a film you moderately like, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember every detail of. <laughs> yeah. So it's called Finding the Invisible Man. Of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah about the old, that old case. Look, yeah, Sarah's too good. busy thinking about um, Jake. I was just, oh, yeah, I was looking at Jake. I was looking at <laughs> yeah, she was looking and at fi- pictures of him on his phone. Wow, yeah. a, a bonus question, all for Sarah. How many years sober is Keller? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> we said it earlier. He did. Ten? You're six months off, so you're pretty close. Oh. Nine and a half. <laughs> Rounding it up, I'll Round be generous. Up. As you're the guest, you got that absolutely spot on. Fantastic <laughs> stuff. <Yes. laughs> yeah. So, Hugh, the big question for us is, would we recommend this film? Oh, yeah. this is sol- it's, Like I said, it's a solidly good film. Yeah, of course I'd yeah. recommend it. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely would. Lots of people would enjoy this, yeah. And Sarah, um, you did, so you yeah. did recommend yeah. it. <laughs> she literally I would. did recommend it, yeah. She was like, hey, guys, watch this film. And we were like, okay, why do you recommend it? Yeah. yeah. That's basically the premise of our show, Sam. I'm, I'm, you know. Mm-hmm. But but the real question is, who do you think has better taste, Sarah, me or Sam? <laughs> oh, you can't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, can't, we can't. You know, we both give it the same rating as uh, yeah. me and you, so it's probably me, I guess. I mean, yeah, Sam, you did give it exactly the same. So. Yeah, exactly. well, maybe. yeah, maybe it was just playing to the gallery, though. That's what God, it's, it's, it's weird that this yeah. is our last episode ever, isn't it? Because we've finally worked out who has better taste. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've yeah. got that. Yeah. We did it. Nice well, one. Uh, Hugh, what are we going to watch next week? So, Sam, next week we are going to watch uh, the film, the Guy Ritchie film, actually, The Gentleman. Um, what do you know about The Gentleman? Not much at all. I saw uh, part of a scene. Uh, it was like on Facebook videos. It just sometimes puts uh, scenes from films of Colin Farrell in a chippy or um, a shop of some kind. Basically, chi- like, there's other shops other than chippies. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm aware. Of. Basically, putting, putting some youngins in their in their place. I know that it's yeah. got Matthew McConaughey and yeah. I think uh, yeah Colin Farrell and a yeah. few other very recognisable people and it's a Guy Ritchie film uh, so it's, it, you know I'm kind of I'm kind of looking forward to it I love 
the film uh, Snatch and the film. I was going to say I love Snatch. I don't want to say, <laughs> say that. <laughs> no, no, that's a, a different side podcast. Note. I feel that's, uh, that's Lock, very much film. not not this forum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, caught myself, yeah. and then I thought I'll say it anyway. Yeah, say it anyway. Um, yeah. it so, was a joke yeah. you were bound to make, so you thought you'd make it this week instead of next. There you go. There we go. But there I we go. I didn't really care for rock and roller and all that, so you know. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. And Terry, yeah. you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. I, I think it's a pretty quality uh, Guy Ritchie film. I think you'll have a good time yeah. with it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No snatching it, I'm afraid, Sam. But we know it's on his spreadsheets, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I think uh, moving aside on from that, um, yeah. so we're Sarah, have, you've been um, very generous with your time oh, okay. uh, and joining us, and thank you very much for, um, for joining us. Yeah. Where can the listener uh, find all your socials and all your output again. Uh, I think the best place stuff and things. the best place to find mm. me is on YouTube, which is Popcorn Chat, um, yeah. and Instagram it's Sarah's Popcorn Chat, and Twitter S Popcorn Chat. Fantastic! Mm. Do check it out. Sarah's a stuff. criminally underrated YouTuber who uh, oh, we know is, is going places. I yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. You should have a f- million views. I think. <laughs> no more. No, I mean, a million. I think I'd be taking, taking it too yeah. far. But yeah, 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 yeah. Ego, yeah. just massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Hugh, if they want to get in touch with us, how could they do that? Well, they can't find us on YouTube because we don't do that sort of thing. There are um, a few of our videos there, but uh, yeah, yeah. Don't, we just well, you have a YouTube videos. channel, but we couldn't figure out how to do more than an hour and a half of audio <laughs> or something. You said so. We've not yeah. done that in an, about no, two we years. Just that off. So yeah, we gave that up as a bad job, uh, and plus I can't really be asked editing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so what they need to do is they need to join some sort of police force, and mm. then when they get onto like a case about missing kids, um, yeah. they can then use the work computer to email us at please watch this dot pod. At gmail.com now if you can think of a better way Sam I'm all is uh, probably on Twitter I would have thought oh, yeah. what for, to the HTTPS, computer at work the, the, the precinct backspace www.twitter.com slash please watch pod uh, that's right yeah we're at yeah. please watch pod yeah we're um, up to date with yeah. all the modern technologies from 2007 <laughs> yes. all, the, all the W's um, <laughs> all the, we have all of them yeah the world the wide and the web take out disc and so that's not missing turn on your uh, BBC PC <laughs> <laughs> as you mentioned last week <laughs> absolutely well yeah. listener thank you very much uh, Sarah thank you again thank you and, Sarah uh, it's been a pleasure having you thank you for please having come, me on. please come again and Tell us about. Th- I want to come on for Thelma and Louise. I'd like to see that. Actually. Great idea. Great That's idea. Good. I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah. That's next week. <laughs> yeah, d- yeah. Sorry, Juice. Filmer uh, and Louise, not the young one. But yeah, all right. All that remains to be said is, yeah. listeners, we love you, and uh, we'll we talk to you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye.